Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ah, we pass that great holiday where we celebrate gluttony. Or if you're like me, your stomach's too small to eat much of anything. And if you're really like me, you'd like to ask your doctor about that, but you can't because he got uh, suspended because he was actually following logic in the face of the pandemic. But that's besides the point, and that's touching on a much drearier topic than tanks giving. This year, I'm thankful that I can actually taste. That's right, it, mar it marks about one year since I got the Rona. Oh man, what? Were you not wearing a mask? Were you, were you not staying six feet away from people? No, someone had already come down at work, and so we, we did have to uh, wear masks for a little while. Um, I was wearing one, and I was being isolated with my father. Yet somehow I'm the one who clearly came down with things. Don't know. Don't know how it makes sense. How, uh... The only difference in my day is that ten hours of it are spent in a different room uh, with my father than the rest of my day spent at home with my father. I don't know why that context means I have to wear a mask. <clears throat> but such is the odd lunities of life in America. But here we are. I'm still alive. And fairly healthy. Most of my issues just stem from me not getting sleep at night, so... And being worked to the bone for four days a week. Um, <clears throat> but hey, it brings in the money, which is great, because I... Um, Legion is one of those things you really sink your pocketbook into. Especially when you're like me. And instead of focusing on one army, you want everything. I want everything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and yeah, uh, so I have a lot of rebels and clo and stormtroopers, and yeah, um, and I'm doing a lot of painting at nights. So that's fun. I don't like painting, but <clears throat> um, model painting, it's a little different. It's a little more tolerable. Uh, well, I mean, it's the problem with painting for me normally is when you're working on a canvas, you have to build up the image. You have to create the image and you have to colorize it at the same time and in a clever, clever way to where it looks good and you can't erase. <clears throat> Not really. And there's no undo button because it's analog. Um, so you're just kind of at the mercy of your talent, your brush and your paint and your canvas. Um, that's a lot of variables. So with a model, um, the only thing I have to worry about is painting inside the lines. The image is already there. I just got to colorize it. And I'm doing it for me, so it's my standards of how good it needs to be. So. But the German in me is a bit of a perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> did we talk about this last week? Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, I think we did. Not guilty. Not guilty. <clears throat> Whoa. Yeah, I did talk about it. Dumbest persecution. <laughs> Prosecution. Sorry. Same thing. Um, something from last week that I forgot to articulate. The reason it's called Who Flew uh, is they the article made it sound almost as if like, oh, we haven't had flu at all and now suddenly we're having outbreaks. Which makes sense when you realize the way things were last year. It's like the flu didn't exist because... Um, 
things were being misreported and standards for how we defined sickness was so widened that flus were probably getting picked up as corona and things like that. Um, so all of a sudden it's like, there are flu outbreaks. Oh, is it because you're now actually distinguishing between the flu and the corona? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, tell me when they wake up and realize that you can't crash a motorcycle and die and have that be attributed to COVID. Uh, that factually happened. My father knows, like, I, that, yeah, um, that happened. <laughs> and it's, uh, when you stop just listening to what the news networks feed you, when you start actually doing a little more digging um this whole situation looks a lot more funny in the painful sense and it's uh, it's like i've been saying we just we need to pray that god heals the broken nation <clears throat> restrains the evil of men's hearts chastens his church as he always does as he always will um <sighs> just in time for the holiday season there seems to be a outbreak <laughs> a new variant of the rona in africa i saw this ridiculous post on reddit um, well, a comment where someone was like, oh, if we just vax, if everybody had just taken their vaccine, you know, like a good little, um, then we wouldn't have this issue in the first place because the disease wouldn't be able to replicate. Um, and I just responded because that worked so well for the flu. Just sarcasm, uh, because we will always have the flu. The flu you will always have with you. Um, and they were just like, oh, well, you know, it mutates so much more. Uh, at this point, it's looking like the uh, COVID is mutating at a pretty all right rate itself. So, um, <clears throat> That's, that's the reality. Name one disease we have truly eradicated. One virus we have truly eradicated by immunization. We suppress it. We can suppress it to the point it's practically non-existent. Uh, but it's still there. It's still there. Uh, polio is still a thing. It's still a thing. And we know it's still a thing because anti-vax people have caused their children to get polio again uh, so you can't I mean how many variants of polio are there you know does it be hilarious if it had an even slower rate of variation than uh, Rona did um, it's it's just stupid and it's and it's the proponents just love to go the same route of the progressives who are just like, oh, you're just homophobic. Oh, you're just Islamophobic. Oh, you're just anti-vax. No. I've got the flu shot. Uh, I'm not afraid of Islam. I'm not afraid of homosexuals. Uh, I just have a biblical view on them. Um, that one does not have a salvation uh, in their religion, and the other does not have salvation in their identity. Because your religion and your identity need to be Christ uh, to be saved. Uh, <clears throat> I, I got into a TikTok argument <laughs> with someone uh, about whether or not work is a part of 
if it's a part of salvation or if it's required or however. And, you know, it's like, they bring up the passage, um, let's get Bible Hub to turn back a page. Uh, oh, no, too many, too many, no, I don't want 11, I want a 12. Um, um, uh, let's see, absence of the father, trembling, um, metaphobo, metaphobo. Uh, with great fear and trembling, uh, your own salvation work out. Kater gazeste. Which seems pretty straightforward, you know. Oh, you gotta, gotta work. You gotta, like, oh, you gotta. Um, but then, literally, the next verse contextualizes what Paul is saying. For it is God, for, for God is the one, is the working, is the one working in you. Both to will. And to work. Hupertes idokias. According to his good pleasure. It's n so it's not the origin of it is not you. It is God working in you to will and to work. The good things of God. This comes in parallel with Ephesians. Two. And what does it say about our salvation? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you are saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It should be noted, <clears throat> those two words, kariti, by grace, and pistuas, by faith, both female, singular, gendered, toto, this is uh, neuter. So this could very easily be understood as summarizing the last two things. The grace and the faith are not of yourself. Ex himon. God, of God, is the gift. Theu ta doron. Uk ex ergan, not as a result of works. Hina, in order that, so that not anyone may boast. Because if it's a result of something we do, we have a right to boast. What's the difference between me and the sinner? Oh, I chose God. The sinner didn't. That's boasting. That's something you can boast about. No, it's God and God alone. There's nothing in me. There's nothing I did. Nothing I could have done. I was a sinner. I was everything that the first half of this chapter described. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. <sighs> For of him we are the workmanship. Verse 10. My favorite of this section. Uh, well, currently. <laughs> for we are God's workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which, which uh, were beforehand prepared by God in order that in them we would walk. In order that. You know, it's definitive. This happens. This, therefore, this. That's what a hina is for. Um, just as it says in the other. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for us to walk in. Is God working in us to will and to work? Just as Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking to the founder and perfecter of our faith. The archegon kai teleoton. Teleoton. 
Teleote, the founder and perfecter or finisher, because Tele, um, you know. So it says, looking to the founder and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, Yesu. You know, coming back to if uh, Philippians, <clears throat> Philippians one six, being persuaded. Um, by this very thing, that the one having begun in you a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God begins a good work in us, in the saint, in in those whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is Romans 8, 29, now 20, now 30. And these whom he predestined, he called. These whom he called, he justified. These whom he justified, he will glorify. It's, with, it's the same reason that Paul can say, that he's persuaded of this very thing, that the one having begun, the one who called us, the one who justified us, the one having begun a good work in you, will complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. The burden of our salvation is laid on God's shoulder, according to Scripture. So does that mean we do nothing? Does that mean we just sit back and Jesus take the wheel? It doesn't play like that. You are not a puppet. Um, and um, rocks don't fly. A rock cannot expect to fly by sitting still. If you choose to act like a rock, nothing is going to happen. This is why James writes, he says, what is the profit, my brothers, um, if, if anyone says they have faith, however, he has no works. Me dinitai he pistis sose auto. The blunt rendering is not is able, the faith, to save him. Grammatically, that's a question. Is the faith able to save him? It's a rhetorical no. So you can say you have faith. But if there's no work, hmm, is the faith able to save him? And he, he gives an example. 15. Now, if a brother or sister without clothes is without clothes and is lacking anything, uh, sorry, and is lacking of daily food, then anyone says to them, uh, then any of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and be filled. However, does not give them uh, to them the needful things for the body. What is the profit? So, also, the faith, if it, if it has no works, nakra estin, is dead, kath hayotem, by itself. So, we could, we could cut out the middle verses and have James's point, James's answer to his question. Is the faith able to save him? Faith, if it has no works, is dead. It's by itself. A dead faith has no work. Which means a living faith has work. Are we doing that work to stay with a quote-unquote living faith? 
No, it's the result. Just as a fruit naturally comes from a vine, the vine does not live because of the fruit. The fruit grows because the vine is alive. And James continues, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. And I have, yeah. Show me your faith without works. The lovely taunt there, James. Show me your faith without works. Well, you can't because work would be how you would show that you had faith. Uh, and I will show you by the works of me, the faith. You believe that there is one God. Or uh, actually, you believe that one is the God. You believe that there is one God. You're doing well. Even the demons believe that. And they shudder. Do you want, however do you want to come to know the man, oh foolish man, that faith apart from works is worthless? Abraham, the father of us, not by works, was justified. Now this is interesting. Uk ex ergon edekaiothe. Not by works was justified, or was not justified by works. Having offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. Oh, wait. Why is this formulated as a question? I don't really see why this turns into a question of, was he not justified by works? But, um, I offered him Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith was working with the works of him. And by his works, his faith was perfected. Accomplished, consummated. It's got tele, eteleod. And the scripture was fulfilled, saying, and the scripture was fulfilled, saying, then believed Abraham, then Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness, and a friend of God he was called. See that a man is justified by works, and not by pistuas manon. Not by faith only. Not alone. Even the Latin doesn't support alone. Um, it's uh, it's not uh, sola. Um, I've gone I've gone over this before. This, I have a whole episode called "What's James Two About?" Um, but. Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness before he offered Isaac. Both Paul and James comment on this same topic. And Paul's point is God's grace. God's. Well, what is Paul's argument? Romans 4. What then shall we say? Abraham, the father of us. What then shall we say was discovered by Abraham, the father of us, according to the flesh? So, genetically, our father. Our ancestor. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has ground of boasting. But not to God. For what says the scripture? Then Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Now, to the one working, the reward is not reckoned according to grace, but according to debt. To the one, however, not working, but believing, however, on the one justifying the ungodly, it is reckoned the faith of him for righteousness. Righteousness. 
just as David declares, Blessed is the man to whom God credits righteousness, chores ergon, apart from works. Blessed declares the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from work. Our righteousness, we are the blessed man. If you're in Christ, you are the blessed man or woman of Romans 4. Blessed to whom God credits righteousness, righteousness is credited to you apart from works. Chores ergon. Seven, blessed are they of whom are forgiven the lawless deeds and of whom are covered the sins. Blessed is the man against whom will not be reckoned sin by the Lord, to whom the Lord will not reckon sin. This is the bless, the bless, is this blessing then on the circumcision? or also on the uncircumcised. We are, for we are saying um, that the faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? When he was in circumcision? Or when he was uncircumcised? Not in circumcision, but in his uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision sealing, a seal of the righteousness of faith that he had while in the uncircumcision. Um, for, for him to be the father of all of those believing. In uncircum believing, in uncircumcision. For to be credited also to them righteousness. And the father of circumcision, to those not of circumcision only, Menon, there. Peritomes Menon. But also to those who are walking in the steps of... Walking in the steps of the faith. Walking in the steps of the... Uh, of the, as the Nazbi puts it, the faith our father had while he was uncircumcised. Paul is talking about salvific justification of God in the court of God who will bring a charge against God's elect you know etc etc James is giving <laughs> throughout James you see it's a continuous if you cut out James 2 and read it through and through he's giving a letter on how we walk out our faith on how we handle our faith Count it all joy, my brethren, when you face trials of various kinds. Um, you know, even with the start of James 2, he's saying, hey, look, no partiality. Don't make the poor sit on the floor while you give a chair to the rich man. That's wrong. And he goes from there and he says, look, you, you, can't, you can't be justified by the law. Because the same one who said thou shalt not commit adultery said thou shalt not covet. You've broken, you've offended the same guy, whether you've coveted or um, committed adultery or murdered, you've still offended the same guy, the same God. You've broken the law. By breaking one law, you've broken all of it. You're still guilty of all of it. So there, he's, again, he's reminding them a very great thing. He goes from there and he says, look, there are people who say they have faith, but they have nothing to show for it. If you have a true faith, there will be work. Look, look at what all the things Paul said. It's God who works in you to work into will. Is God not working in his people? Is the Holy Spirit not conforming us to the image of Christ? Did he who started a good work in us not plan to complete it? Is Christ not the author and perfecter? Or is he? Are all of those things true? 
will God complete it to the day of Christ? He who began a good work in you, in me, is this beyond God's power? Because if it's not beyond God's power, then we should expect to see. Will there be dry spells? Will there be struggles? Oh, of course. It's a process. It's called sanctification. It's called being conformed. It's a process. It's a process. And it won't ever be completed until that day of the Lord when we stand before him. Perhaps that part's to keep us humble. Because <laughs> we know our failures. And we know how high God's standards are. At least I hope, I hope if you're listening to this program, you understand how high God's standard is. So high that Christ had to die in our place. The perfect man. For those who could never be perfect. As our youth pastor says, we are imperfect people in love with a perfect God. I get what he means, but we're so... So much deeper than just that sentiment. We are. We are worthless sinners. Wretched, wretched, wretched men and women. Loved. By a thrice holy God. Who hates sin so much. But he loves us. He died for us. In our place. He became sin who knew no sin. To condemn sin in the flesh that we might become the righteousness of God. Our sin lay on his shoulders, his righteousness covering us like a flowing robe. As Martin Luther said, snow-covered piles of dung. And this not of ourselves, so that no man can boast. And you'll say to me then, Stephen, where's God? Where's man's will in all this? What happened to free will? Well, you assumed there was free will to begin with. You're assuming the nature of the will. Nothing of what I just said sounds compatible with the idea of true free nature. But what scripture speaks of, what the early church speaks of, what Martin Luther defended was the bondage of the will. He who sins is a slave to sin, who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. There are those who are according to this flesh, who set their minds on the things of the flesh, which is hostility towards God. You cannot submit to the law of God, nor are they even able to. They cannot please God being in the flesh. All of Romans 1. Romans 3, 10 onward, it's clear there's two types of people in this world. Those whom God has graced and those whom God has not. There are those who hate God and love sin. There are those who, by the grace of God alone, hate sin and love God. There's the group that lives in sin and there's the group that struggles with sin. And many people in the Bible would stand with me in saying, who can resist the hand of God? Who can resist his will? No one can turn away his hand. His word will not return to him empty. It will accomplish what it is sent for. It's from Isaiah 56, I believe. 54. God is clear. God is clear in his word. That his, what he's decreed to come to pass, will come to pass flawlessly. There's not a modicum of man's will that can change that. Who, who is, who, who's counseled God? No one. 
No one has been his counselor. No one's advised God, not in the real decisions. That's what he says in Isaiah. It's part of his trial of the gods we read the other week. Our will is not factored into God's will. God's will affects us. God's the one with true free will. The pen that writes in the book that David refers to in Psalm 136, 139, verse 16, is in the hand of God. There's not someone else writing in God's book for him, planning out all our days. There is no cosmic card dealer over God who's laying out a hand, a deck of cards before him and saying, you have to pick from one of these realities for how it's going to play out. No, that's not the case. And if you had to earn your salvation, if you had to merit your salvation, would you do it? Could you do it? Sinners don't want to be saved. Those given over to sin, they don't want to be saved. They don't want God. And if they, if they think they want God, they're going to put up a false God in his place and worship that. Fallen man will worship literally everything. The heart is a factory of idols. They'll worship literally anything but the true Yahweh of Scripture. There are people who think that they can just choose to believe God all of their own volition. They're not going to because they don't want to. And they'll, they'll never submit to God outside of God performing surgery, taking out their heart of stone and giving them the heart of flesh. Unless just as God did for Lydia, he opens their heart that they may hear and believe. Unless he takes someone who is according to the flesh and has been setting his mind on the things of the flesh from his mother's womb, as David wrote. He went astray from his mother's womb. Unless he takes this sinner, this man who is dead in his trespasses and sins, that he happily walks in, he changes his mind. God changes his mind. You were according to the flesh. Now you are according to the spirit. And now you can choose the things of the spirit, which are life and which are peace. And you can please me. In fact, I, speaking personifying God would be saying God is the one who has now begun a good work in that sinner and will complete it to the day of the Lord. That's the glory of the God of Scripture. That's the beauty of a soteriology focused on what saith the word. A God who is powerful, a God who is effective, a reconciliation that reconciles, a salvation that saves, a crucifixion that nails your sin forever to the tree, never to be brought back against you. God can accomplish these things because it doesn't matter what you want. You didn't want to be saved. God had a different plan. Don't tell me you regret that God saved your soul. Of course, you will say to me then, how does God find fault for who can resist his will? <clears throat> On the contrary, who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Will the thing molded say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Or does the potter not have the right to make from the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another vessel for dishonorable use? What if God... Although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, 
uh, bore with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did this in order to make the glory of his grace known uh, upon those vessels of his mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he also called. Romans 9, 19 through 24. The, the best response to what I have to say is already in Scripture and has a thorough response. And that's what I care about. What saith the Scripture? Don't come to me with emotional arguments. They're not valid. It's emotionalism. Come to me with rational, reasonable disputation based on the testimony of God's word. If you're going to contradict me. And I'm fine with you, with anybody who's listening to me, trying to uh, respond. Fine with that. But I've, I've told you the only thing I'm going to find a valid response. It's got to be defended from Scripture. Here I stand. I can do no other. So help me God. And now's the part of the show, Theophilus, where I have asked you to ask me questions. And you, hopefully, <laughs> asked me questions. We're going to be looking first at the TikTok. You can find my TikTok at Stephen the Stowell, all one word, S-T-O-W-E-L-L. -L. Of course, you'll see that in the description of who's the author of this podcast. You could contact me there about getting on my Discord, where I have a hub server for this podcast. Alrighty, and also ask questions there. Alright, here's a question from Kyle St. Andrews. Here's a question. How far should a Christian go to share the gospel? What I mean is songs, art, TikTok videos. Is there such a thing as too far? When it gets to the point where you're handing out gospel tracts and uh, Gideon Bibles under the stall, um, that's, that's too far. Um, you know, I mean, it's like... And, and outside of the stall, you know, it's... Remember the bro code, bro code. One urinal between you and the other person. Granted, um, it's only a strange person who talks in the restroom, anyways, in my opinion. Um, I just try to pretend nothing's existing in those moments. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, we're to, we're to proclaim the gospel. We're to... Proclaim the God, you know, go shout it on the mountain. Um, probably wouldn't work very well to preach to a blackout drunk person because they're not going to remember anything you said to them. Uh, <laughs> um, no, in, in, uh, in times of persecution, it's people proclaiming has been so bad they. <laughs> have a device from the Protestant Reformation, a tongue clips, where they'd clip people's tongues, or they could also, in other situations, cut out your tongue, and things like that, because, you know, people would be preaching on the pyre uh, while they burned. Um, but, you know, respecting personal boundaries. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Pastor Brett, whose podcast I was on, the other week, like a month ago, uh, asks, can you justify credo over pedo-baptism? I don't know why I'm giving you a voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here's a fun exercise. Find scripture supporting both. I, I mean, I don't find scripture supporting uh, one of those two things. Um, the Great Commission says to baptize the nations, teaching them all that Christ commanded. So the natural assumption is you can both baptize and teach these people. You cannot teach a baby. The gospel, anyways. At that point, they're still trying to figure out what on earth is my parent saying to me, because I don't understand language. 
um, and how to walk and how to not poop their pants. <laughs> um, so it's you you can't fulfill both halves of the equation. You can only fulfill one, and then forever later, I fulfill the other. Like Second Peter, First First Peter, two twenty one. Baptism saves. Baptism saves, not in the washing of the filth of the flesh, but in that is the pledge of a good conscience towards God. The baby isn't making a pledge of a good conscience towards God. It's probably just confused why its parent just handed it over to a person and now they're getting dunked in water or water poured out on them. Uh, or I guess if your church does immersion, but... Um, I mean, normative baptism is talked about in scripture and that it's it's not like child baptism isn't hinted at or infant baptism I mean, isn't hinted at um in the early church infant baptism uh, we don't see that until about the third century um i, I mean we see in the didache um an expectation that whoever's doing this fasts for a few days kind of dangerous to have your baby fast I think uh, <clears throat> and it just it, it, it talks about them as if it's an, an adult and the didache is just the good order of the church how to run a church uh, so it's, it's expecting a congregation that's going to be naturally growing and we know that the early Christians would take in those who the Romans tried to abort would let out to expire in the conditions. Um, so they're bringing children into the body of Christ. And there's no provision in the early writings for how to baptize them? Um, or are we really expecting this abandoned baby to fast for three days? This baby needs nutrients. needs them now. Um, or else we're going to have a Bathsheba's first son situation on our hands. Um, or first son by David. Um, no, I think the better case to be made um, from scripture, I've said this before, is yeah, I said this before, I was talking to uh, the black doctor is oikobaptism. Because, and I still think it doesn't make sense from scripture. Um, because he said I was presuming something that I wasn't really, it wasn't really what I was presuming. Um, my, my statement, my, my assumption isn't if it's mentioned in Acts, that means it's not the normal situation. Uh, my point is, when you understand what Christ said, I come not to bring peace, but to bring a sword to divide father against son, mother against daughter, brother against brother, household against household. When you understand that, and when you understand how much the gospel divides, we should find it amazing when an entire household is saved. Which, that's, that's what we see, is that the households rejoice and believe along with the mentioned convert. Sinners don't do that. People who don't repent don't do that. And you don't baptize people who reject the gospel. Because in those same stories, we have the gospel being ministered to the whole household. And then they get baptized. Unless you want to advocate for nulla credo baptism. We'll baptize them even if they don't confess. Like, what? No, that's, that's not how you do things. That's not how the force works. Um, 
not that it's the biggest issue in the world because Paul does delineate it from the gospel. He says, I came to you to, not to, uh, I came to you to preach the gospel, not to baptize. Now, he differentiates. If that sounds blasphemous, take it up with Paul, not me. I, I'm just repeating what the good man said from the Lord. So a message from the Lord. A message from the Lord. Um Khalil! 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 Uh, anyways, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my ADHD is peeking out a lot more than usual. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Alright, that's all the questions we got for today. Thank you to the people who asked. And to those who didn't, please do. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's all I have for today, too. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the gospel series at this point, it's going to be something I do to gap fill when I don't have something to talk about. Because um, right now I do actually have some things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Let's move on to our next segment. You know what time it is. Jesus spake these things to his disciples. Matthew 5, 3-12 Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Theophilus, go in the great sovereign grace of the one who started a good work in you, our Lord and our Savior.